Welcome into the left turn here on X106. Jacob Blair with you. Trevor Mater has left me to myself yet again as he has some duties elsewhere that he has to take care of. But racing this weekend at Martinsville Speedway, the paperclip half-mile racetrack that always produces, whether it's fireworks on or off the racetrack, it always seems to, to give us a little something extra. It did that again on both days, the Truck Series and the Cup Series racing in this one. And we'll start with the Cup Series, the first race in the round of eight for the, the group of of eight drivers in the playoffs still remaining after the race from Kansas Speedway. So again, you look at those playoff drivers coming into this one, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, and Chase Elliott, the eight drivers remaining to chase a championship and it was a race pretty much dominated by those playoff drivers whether it was the the driver that dominated the entirety of the event or the drivers that that caused the fireworks at the end it was all about the playoff drivers a little bit of of drama with non-playoff drivers but overall a a wild race or not a wild race but a a wild end to the day and, and some crazy things happening throughout the day Overall, the race for the lead was pretty non-existent because Martin Truex Jr., he won, and he won easily, and he won convincingly, and the key word of the day was dominant because Martin Truex Jr. brought a car that sometimes in racing, it happens, and then people say it's a bad race, and you got to look what happens on back, but sometimes a guy gets to a racetrack, puts on the helmet, they load the car off the hauler, and it is a different car than everyone else. It's a different class of car. It's just that much better than everyone else. And that was the case for Martin Truex Jr. Didn't really have any drama to his day whatsoever. He led 464 laps in this one to pick up the win. Denny Hamlin led the first 30. And then after that, Martin Truex Jr., he led the rest of the way. The only other driver to lead laps on the day was Kyle Larson. He stayed out to try to pick up some stage points late there in stage number two. Stayed out on the racetrack, led a couple laps. Other than that, the 19 car all day long really just made everyone else look silly on the racetrack as restarts second on back. To me, the best way to describe this is if you go to sports car racing, you've got the prototypes versus the sports cars. Martin Truex Jr. was in a, a prototype. He got the overall win. He won his class. Second place finisher in this one, William Byron. Well, he got a, he got the class win. He didn't get the overall win just because Martin Truex Jr. was that good. Dominating performance. Locks himself into the championship four. And Truex will be racing for a championship at Homestead. And William Byron, a really impressive run. The only driver all day long that could keep pace with Truex. He was able to, to make it a little bit interesting there at the end, got within a car length there on the last 20 or so laps on the, the last restart, just wasn't able to, to have enough to really challenge. He tried changing lines, trying to go different places, not able to get it done, and then fading back at the end, and Truex only winning by half a second. But there were times where on a restart, Truex would be two, three seconds out ahead, and, and no one else had anything they could do about it. And, again, just dominating 
from Martin Truex Jr. Brad Keselowski, he finished third, a non-playoff driver at this point as he was knocked out last week at Kansas. Denny Hamlin, he finished fourth. Ryan Blaney in the fifth position. Kurt Busch finished sixth. Kevin Harvick, seventh. Joey Logano, eighth. Kyle Larson, ninth. And then Ryan Newman in the tenth position. Kyle Busch finished 14th. And then Chase Elliott finishes 36th. And that is another one of the storylines. A lot of a lot of the storylines from this race did not come from the winner. It didn't come from the 19 car. He dominated it. It was so much so that after the race, they got the interview on the front straightaway, didn't really even take the time to show his interview in victory lane because so much else was happening. And Chase Elliott, one of those storylines, has an issue early in the event before lap 200. Really not quite sure what happened. It was on a pit stop, dropped the jack. The car did not take off right. It looked as though Chase was calling that it was a, a right side axle that was broken. It looked as though on the video it was a left side axle that was broken. And then he had to go back to the garage, and it sounded like they had to change out everything involved with the, the drive line from the, the clutch to the gears to the, the axles as well to get that car running. They got it back out on track. They did pick up a couple spots or a spot as they – we're running 38th at the time, or 37th at the time that happened. Fell back to 38th because Timmy Hill was able to, to overtake him as Hill was lapsed down. And then once Chase got back on track, was able to gain two spots over Jimmy Johnson and Eric Almorola, who both were involved in an incident later in the day. So Elliott finishes in the 36th position. Again, Kyle Busch, a playoff driver, 14th. Everyone else, the other six in the top. 10 is Martin Truex Jr. again with the win. Hamlin 4th, Blaney 5th, Harvick in 7th, Logano 8th, Larson in ninth. So the way this sets everything up playoff points-wise, Truex, again, championship 4 bound. He will race for one at Homestead, try to go for his second career NASCAR Premier Series championship. Denny Hamlin, he runs in the second position, currently 24 points above the cut line. Kyle Busch, 17 above the cut line. Joey Logano, 14 above the cut line. Kevin Harvick, he is 14 below that cutoff. Blaine, Ryan Blaney's 15 below. Kyle Larson, 24 below. And then Chase Elliott at this point, go ahead and chalk it up as a must win for him in one of the next two races. 44 below the cut line after his 36th place finish at Martinsville. He, he's got a lot of work to do, and we, we've seen the playoffs be this way for Chase. He's had some mechanical issues. He had an issue at Dover, was able to overcome that one. He had an issue at the Roval where he all seemed to wreck his race car, came back and won that race, and barely sneaks in at Kansas. And now you have this Martinsville issue for Elliott. So some more playoff miracles needed for the nine car if he's going to race for a championship. Still two races to get it done at Texas and Phoenix. In terms of other storylines, some other drama throughout the day, Kyle Busch, Eric Almarola, they got in an incident on the racetrack, made contact, and then caused a big pileup on the racetrack. And Almarola, in his post-race interview, not pleased with Kyle Busch, says he's going to make it really tough on him the, the final three races. Kyle isn't didn't seem all that worried about it. As the, the, the two just seem to tangle it's Martinsville. It's going to happen, but we'll see if anything comes of that. As Amarola was not happy, was not pleased with the driver of the 18 car after that incident. That, that incident took place around lap 360, with about 140 to go. 
and that, that's when cautions were were pretty. You, after the end of stage two, the, the cautions came pretty consistently. It was a 10 lap run, five lap run. They got a, a fairly long run at 67, and then get a four lap run, seven lap run, and then finally the 24 lap run to the end. So the, the, this wreck caught up a lot of cars. Jimmy Johnson was taken out, was not able to continue afterwards, and then was just an innocent bystander in this one. Eric Almarola out as well. Kyle Busch was able to make the repairs and, again, battle back for a 14th place finish. Ryan Priest was also involved in this. Matt Benedetto was there. Kyle Larson barely snuck through. A lot of drivers could have been caught up in this and weren't as they were able to avoid the incident. But some, some post-race drama kind of got overshadowed by the real post-race drama between Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano. As Logano had a, a top five car for sure, as did Hamlin. They're late in the race. Hamlin on a restart came off a of turn number four and, and drove up the racetrack, made contact with Logano. Logano into the wall, and uh, Logano ended up with a flat tire. Brought out a caution. Hamlin was able to continue. No issues for him. And post race, Logano goes over to talk to Hamlin. They talk for a while. And then as Logano leaves, he. Puts a, a light, small little shove to Hamlin. Hamlin doesn't like it. He goes after Logano. And then the crews get involved. Hamlin ends up on the ground. We get one of, uh, of the great post-race interviews from Denny Hamlin. And that is the storyline that dominated the race yesterday. As it had very little to do with what happened on track. But had a lot to do with happened post-race. And here, for me, here's, here's the issue. Is the crews... And this continues to be an issue is the drivers are not allowed to settle this between the two of them. If we're, as a sport, going to allow drivers to to put hands on each other and, and fight similar to the way they, they do in hockey. I mean, every sport, they, they have their their situations where, where guys have disagreements and, and end up being a little physical you see it in basketball you see it in football there always are are penalties involved there hockey obviously they they fight all the time there but racing's a a sport where you're there's a lot of adrenaline and there there's a lot of stuff there and the drivers there's a lot on the line and that's something they talked about as well there's a ton of pressure with this playoff format where they they go out and you have to make it into the next round you have three races they have to be perfect especially if you're not going to win one and then to get in an incident with another driver uh, under the same stress and, and in the playoffs, you get this incident post-race. But if you've seen the incident, the, the one part that I really don't like is I'm not someone that I, I don't think I, I, the sport thrives off of. It's always done well when drivers have disagreements because it creates storylines. I'm not advocating that every week we need to have drivers throwing fisticuffs at each other, but every once in a while, sometimes a little disagreement with a driver is good for the sport. What's not good is when the crew members get involved and start taking cheap shots at the drivers. And that's what happened yesterday is Logano puts his hand on Hamlin. Hamlin goes back to catch up with Logano to continue what just happened and that's when the crew guys got involved and there was a crew member that essentially horse collar tackled Denny Hamlin to the ground grabbed him by the back of his collar and and 
threw him to the ground, and then more crew guys got involved. That is what can't happen. Is the the the, the drivers? I know there's adrenaline. I know the, that you want to protect your driver. It's the similar to, to football, where as a, a teammate, your quarterback gets hit out of bounds late. You're going to protect your quarterback. You've got to protect your driver. But at the same sense, you can't be taking cheap shots at other drivers, and I don't think they're going to get away with that. The, the penalties haven't come down, but NASCAR's already said they're, they're probably going to have to do something here. They don't necessarily want to because you know you, I, we won't see penalties for Hamlin or Logano, but I think we're going to be in a situation where we do see penalties come out of this, suspensions, fines four crew members this is now the second week in a row there's been an on an altercation on pit road after the race both have to deal with drivers putting their hands on other drivers and then the crews getting involved cole custer tyler reddick last week denny hamlin joey logano this week and i think we'll, we'll get those suspensions for those crew members afterwards again a lot of stress on these drivers and and there's going to be mistakes there's going to be disagreements on the racetrack and again, we'll say it time and time again. I, I, I bet Trevor would be saying the same thing if he were here. Let the drivers handle this. Let them, if they need a, a couple shoves at each other to get it out of their system because it's after the race, let them do that. And then grab them and keep them away from each other. But these, these crew members going at each other, the crew members going at drivers, that's what needs to, to be fixed, in my opinion, to going to help this situation what this did do however is create storylines create drama when there wasn't a whole lot on track because again martin truex jr was that good and that's where i would have really liked to have been at the racetrack because a lot of good racing all day long but you didn't necessarily see it all day long watching on tv because you've got to focus on here here's more where truex is here's your, your top five or whatever and you don't see all of that racing. And when someone's dominating like that, it just doesn't come through the TV very well. Where if you're at the actual racetrack, you're going to see really good racing all day long. And that's what you got from really second on back, is it was a good race from second on back. It was just dominated by Martin Truex Jr. One other gripe I have, and, and I've had this before, but I think it needs said again is is hopefully when they come out with these Gen 7 cars, they fix these bodies. They they fix the way the, these cars have flat tires. It's it's getting old. It's getting frustrating because you go to a short track, go to a, a dirt track around the area. There, there's a go to a dirt track anywhere. Go to a short track anywhere, and and drivers they 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 beat on each other. They rub each other. They you know push someone's quarter panel in and very rarely does it cause a flat tire very rarely does it end someone's race or cost them laps or cost them a good finish their body gets shoved in gets mangled a little bit they finish the race say it was a battle for fourth one of them finishes fourth the other finishes fifth they go back into their pits they grab a a, a, a hammer they hammer it back out and they put the car in the trailer and they come back next week where with the, the way the bodies are in these cup cars and they're a little bit better on the Xfinity cars because you have the, the composite bodies, which when the, when the cup get those, that will help. But you still see it on the Xfinity side is just the slightest contact can fold these bodies into the tires because they're so close to the tires and they're so easy to fold. It causes flat tires. The incident 
between Hamlin and Logano should never have happened because Logano should never have gotten a flat tire off that incident. You, you should be able to make contact and, and make and, and hit drivers a little bit. You don't want to go in there and wreck them, but a little bit of contact. Racing's always had that. It's close quarters racing. You have to be able to make contact and not have a flat tire. There's been some flat tires this year from minimal contact where you can't even tell that the body's damaged because it's that easy to to get these tire rubs. And I really hope the new bodies, these new cars that are coming out with the Gen 7 race cars, they they have addressed that issue. It's where we don't see drivers' races ruined because – they rub doors a little bit down the straightaway. I think that needs fixed. I think you. I think that that's some of the the gripes that you see on social media about racing not being great is because the drivers can't. They know they know they can't hit each other, or they they run the risk of having a flat tire. They they have to stay off each other. Or again, you go to a local short track or a dirt track. Drivers they're okay with getting hit, and they're okay with rubbing a little bit it's just a little it's not big hits it's not spinning people out but knowing hey you can lean on someone a little bit late in the race and get away with it and nothing will happen afterwards because both drivers were fine you don't have these flat tires that's an issue that needs to be fixed i hope it's being addressed because it's been a a gripe of mine for a long time where you know you don't want to see drivers running just bouncing off of each other all race long. But late in the race, like I said, the incident between Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin shouldn't have, have messed up Logano's day. Yes, it cost Logano a position or two. That's all it should have cost him. It shouldn't have relegated him back to a, a, a place further back in the field. He was able to charge back up to eighth after that. But, again, he had a top-five car, and you end up with an incident, and I think it – pushes what happened further so that's just my two cents on that incident between joey logano and denny hamlin at martinsville again martin truex jr leads 464 laps on his way to a win william byron finishes second brad keselowski third denny hamlin fourth ryan blaney in fifth kurt bush sixth kevin harvick seventh joey logano eighth kyle larson ninth ryan newman in tenth kyle bush finishes 14th And then, again, Chase Elliott with those issues, mechanical issues, he finishes in the 36th position. Some other good runs from the weekend. Ryan Newman, he finished 10th. David Reagan, 11th. Chris Buescher, 12th. Bubba Wallace, he finished 13th. So really good runs from them. Corey LaJoy in the 18th position. So a good run for that 32 team. And the way the points sit in the Cup Series, Martin Truex Jr., he currently leads... As he is in that championship four, he's got the first slot. Only three remain. Denny Hamlin, 24 above the cut line. Kyle Busch, 17 above the cut line. Joey Logano, 14. Kevin Harvick, he's 14 back. Ryan Newman, Ryan Blaney, excuse me, is 15 back. Kyle Larson, 24 back. And then Chase Elliott, 44 back. As now we'll take a quick break here on the left turn. When we get back, we'll turn to the truck series, talk about their race from Martinsville. This is the left turn on X106. Welcome back to the left turn here on X106. Jacob Blair with you again. Trevor Mater not able to be with us here today. That's okay. We've got truck racing to talk about from Martinsville as well. The NASCAR Hall of Fame 200 is they're also well into their playoffs. The second race of the round of six for them as they only have two races remaining on the season. 
And for the second time in this round, a driver steals a chance to lock for one of those six to lock themselves into the championship four as Todd Gilliland finally gets his first career truck win as it's been a, a struggle for him to to get that win and he's it's been a tough year for the Kyle Busch Motorsports for those KBM trucks it's it's been a tough year Todd Gilliland able to pick up the win led just 11 laps but was able to get that first career win and steal an opportunity from everyone else to make the championship four so everyone will, will now have one more race to lock themselves in otherwise they'll have to do it on points that does mean three drivers will make their way into the championship four on points look at the best rest of the rundown for the truck series todd gillen he wins ross chastain second johnny sauter in third grandin finger in fourth timmy hill a good run from him to finish fifth in that 56 truck stuart friesen he finishes sixth john hunter nemechek seventh Danny Bone in 8th, Jeb Burton in ninth, and then Cody Rohrbaugh in the 10th position. Playoff drivers, not a good day overall for most of the playoff drivers. A lot of them involved in a lap around 120, a crash involving a lot of them. Brett Moffitt, he finished 29th. Austin Hill, 26th. Tyler Ankrum, 25th. All involved in in those that, that crash there where it was, really the, the trucks tried to go four wide at Martinsville. If you know Martinsville, you know three wide doesn't work, so for sure four wide won't work. It didn't there. All those drivers involved there. And then Matt Crafton, also not a good day. He finished in the 23rd position. So the other two, Ross Chastain and Stuart Friesen, good points days for them as they were able to get some points on their competitors. And then no one stole that spot. So, again, all four spots still up for grabs. With one race remaining in the round of six, they will not race at Texas this upcoming weekend. They will have Texas off, and then they will be at Phoenix, ISM Raceway in Phoenix to conclude their round of six. The Xfinity Series will be there as well. As again, they were off from Martinsville. They will be at Phoenix, and the, the Cup Series will all wrap up their rounds of eight and round of six before that. The Xfinity Series and Cup Series will race at Texas. But you look again at the Truck Series, Todd Gilland, again, first career truck win, gets it done in the four-truck for Kyle Busch Motorsports. And uh, one of the storylines that came out of that race was his post-race post -race radio comments uh, revolving around Kyle Busch. used a, a couple expletives towards his car owner, Kyle Busch, has criticized his truck team and, and criticized his drivers this year. So just to, to me, that's one thing about listening in to driver radios. You're able to do it in all three series. You're able to do it as well in, in lower races if the capability is there. That is a driver's – really, that that is a, a private line for drivers to their crew that – fans and, and everyone's are, are given the privilege of listening in on and it's heat of the moment comments if that was what he said and, and i can't like i said it, he used some ex, some expletives and, and some language that you, know, you, you can't say here so i can't really say what he said but he just kind of talked about his driver or his owner and, and kind of was like there there's finally a win for you uh just heat of the moment 
and you know, being Kyle Busch, I, I don't think anyone anything will come of that. But Todd Gilland is right as far as we know, as far as we know, fighting for a ride for next season. We don't really know where he's going to end up. We know there's spots open at KBM, but Todd Gillen does a lot to, to help himself there as he finally picks up that win. And sometimes drivers just need more time. In this day and age, you expect these 18-year-old kids to hop in a truck and automatically win. And you, know, you, you get guys like Chase Elliott, or and I think you'll see this with Chandler Smith when he finally turns 18, is they're going to hop in one of those KBM trucks and they're going to win races. And they're going to win a lot of races, but not everyone's like that. You've seen that in the Cup Series with Joey Logano. He needed a lot of time. You're seeing drivers like William Byron slowly get better. You don't just hop up to these these top-level series and win immediately. Not everyone's capable of doing that. They they need a little bit of time. Maybe Todd Gillen's had that time and, and can start putting together wins. He's gotten close up to this point, just hasn't gotten the breaks. He gets the win there for KBM. Where the points sit, again, Ross Chastain finished second, Stuart Friesen sixth, Matt Crafton 23rd, Tyler Ankrum 25th, Austin Hill 26th, and then Brett Moffitt 29th. Because the, the, the way the points were going into this round, because of what happened with Talladega and all the incidents there, you, you look at the points with so many playoff drivers having issues, it really didn't hurt anyone. It just helped Stuart Friesen and Ross Chastain, because Brett Moffat, he's 45 still above the cut line. That is still where he sits after this race. Stuart Friesen, 35. Ross Chastain, 20. Austin Hill, 9. And then Matt Crafton is 9 back, and Tyler Ankrum is 15 back on that cut line. Again, they are off this weekend. They will not race at Texas. Their next race will be at ISM in Phoenix. So two races to go for the truck series. Matt Crafton, I think he's got plenty of capabilities, and you know, you've still got those stage points. Although the bonus points from the stages no longer matter, you win a stage, you don't get to take that playoff point or win a race, you don't get to take those five playoff points to the next round, you still have those stage points. You still have 20 points on the line, four stages. Matt Crafton can easily make up those nine points in the, that the, the first couple stages. Tyler Ankrum can do the same, just 15 back if, if say... Austin Hill has some issues there in stage one or two. If you're Brett Moffitt, I think he's in a, a really safe situation right now with only 32 starters in the truck series. And the way the point system works, the worst amount of points you can get for a race is five. The max is 65. So I think it's very possible Brett Moffitt locks himself into the championship for before the end of the race so he'll do it in stage one or stage two and again he only needs to he's got 10 points to work with with 60 being the max on a race but the minimum for the truck series being five he has an opportunity you pick up though those you, you say you finish eighth your third second in stage one third in stage two you pick up enough points brett moffett would lock himself in to the championship four and even if something does happen he would have a lot of bad stuff go wrong to not lock himself into the next round so if say tyler ankham or matt crafton don't pick up those stage points then brett moffitt would lock himself in anyway so i think we'll see moffitt in the championship four Stuart friesen he's, he's got a really good gap as well at 35 i think we can mark him barring catastrophe into that championship for brett moffitt if we want to kind of use the metaphor that pin 
Brett Moffitt into the championship four. I'd write Stuart Friesen in pencil. And then it gets a little bit interesting with Ross Chastain, still 20 above the the cut line, but that all can be made up in stage points. And then Austin Hill, he's the driver on the bubble. I think we'll have a lot of drama in the truck series at Phoenix. So again, Todd Gillen picks up the win, leading 11 laps. Ross Chastain, he finishes second. He led 68. Johnny Sauter third, Grant Infinger fourth. And then Timmy Hill finishes in the fifth position. Brett Moffitt did lead 80 laps before that incident. They're at the, the middle portion of the race. So a fast race car still can take some confidence out of the weekend, especially knowing that, that he's still got that good gap for the truck series. We're going to take another break here on the left turn when we get back. We're going to preview Texas, talk about everything coming up with just a few races remaining in the NASCAR season. This is the left turn on X106. Welcome back to the left turn here on X106. Jacob Blair with you again. Trevor Mater not able to be with us today is we just have three races remaining now in the nascar season two for the xfinity series two for the truck series and three for the monster energy nascar cup series the cup series texas ism and homestead left the xfinity series they just have texas they will have texas ism and homestead left and then for the truck series just ism and homestead one, one series we haven't talked about yet is the Xfinity Series as they were off this weekend for Martinsville. Maybe a good thing after all of the drama from Kansas Speedway involving Christopher Bell and Chase Briscoe, Garrett Smithley with the incident with the lap car late in the race, and then Cole Custer and Tyler Reddick after the race. They, they again, had that fight on pit road at Kansas Speedway. They have a week to let everything calm down before they have race number two of the round of eight for them. And you look at the point standings for the Xfinity Series right now in terms of where they are for the playoffs. Again, Brandon Jones won at Kansas Speedway, stole a spot, stole a chance for a driver to take a spot to the championship force. Now only two drivers have the opportunity to lock themselves in on a win. Every, so at least two drivers will lock themselves in on points. So if you're someone like Justin Allgaier or Chase Briscoe or Noah Gragson that it struggles to challenged for wins as often as bell custer and reddick do that's a good sight you look at the points right now christopher bell is plus 49 cole custer is plus 38 tyler reddick is plus 37 and then on the bubble justin allgaier plus two chase briscoe minus two michael Lynette, he's 12 back noah gragson 17 back and then austin Sindrick is 30 behind the cut line allgaier briscoe you could almost just make that even. I know it's two points to Allgaier, but that is an extremely close number. Briscoe's really found some speed as of late, so if I'm Allgaier, I'm a little bit worried. But if you're Michael Lynette, Noah Gragson, Austin Sendrick, right now, I think you need to go after wins because you, you look at Bell, Custer, and Reddick, those three with their gaps of 49, 38, and 37, they've got enough speed that We've seen, even in this case, when they have issues like they do at Kansas, they salvage top 15s, and then they dominate the stages. So they still get a lot of points, and they don't really lose all that buffer. I don't see, because for Bell, Custer, and Reddick, they need two bad races. They need a bad race at Texas. They need a bad race at Phoenix to drop out of the, the championship four on points. Again, at least two drivers are going to get their way in on points. You still have the possibility more is no driver locked in yet. Two races to get it done as Brandon Jones stole that away, that opportunity away at Kansas as he picked up his first career win. 
But if you're in that, you're 12 back, you got to look at it as only one spot. You can you, you only have one spot to go take on points. You're not going to have Reddick drop down. You need to look at it as Allgaier's the point number. But if you're Gragson or Sendrick, you're sitting 17-30 back. You need to go for wins because you're not going to see anyone from that top side drop. And certainly if, let's say, Sendrick does go out and get a win, now you're in a situation where Bell, Custer, and Reddick can definitely point their way in, and then you need to go get a win as well. So if you're not one of those three, Bell, Custer, Reddick, I don't think you can lean back on your points. You don't want to have to lean back on your points because it's going to be close. You'd rather get that win. If you're Bell, Custer, or Reddick, as long as two other two of these other drivers don't win, you can sit there and you don't have to have the pressure of winning. You'd like to get it done. If you're Bell, Custer, Reddick, you'd like to get it done at Texas. You'd like to not worry about Phoenix. You'd like to just get to Homestead. But your buffer is there. You can use it. You can get to Homestead without winning. If you're one of the other five, one of them's going to make it. You'd rather win a race because it could go either way for those five is one or two positions could be the deciding factor again for for the top three that big three in the xfinity series something bad has to happen for them to drop out of that points race two races in a row and i just don't see that happening with with those those three because again reddick and custer they had issues on the racetrack both able to salvage decent finishes Christopher Bell, the same thing. Got in the wreck with Chase Briscoe and Garrett Smithley. He was able to salvage a decent run. That's the important thing, and we've seen that. Austin Sendrick, on the other hand, from Kansas, not able to salvage that run. Had a terrible day, and now he's in that situation where he is a must-win at Texas. For the Xfinity Series, it will be the O'Reilly Auto Parts 300, a night race. They will race under the lights on Saturday, a 7.30 p.m. start time. Again, the, the Texas, it, it's got still an issue with it being a repave. The track has not widened out yet. I'm not sure the configuration has worked with the way they've adjusted turn one. They, they changed turn one. I like the idea when it originally came out. But, again, ideas are really just on paper until you, you see the practicality in action and i i don't know if if that was the best move but we won't know until the track widens out this track needs to to get some more grooves you need to be able to run off the bottom of the racetrack and we've seen it's just so dirty up in the gray where the, the rubber's not being laid down that drivers can't go up there you lose the line just a little bit you're in the fence you're in the wall you're wrecking and it's a bad day so drivers have to stick to the bottom. And that's also where there's some concern for the playoff drivers is someone else's mistake here at Texas right now with the way the track sits can cost is more likely than at other racetracks where someone battling for third or fourth, you're restarting sixth, you could be taken out by someone else's doing here just because the, the track is, is very narrow right now in terms of the groove you can race. I'm sure they're they're going to try to put some some compound down like they have at other racetracks to try to to get that that upper groove a little bit grippier but we just haven't seen texas widen out as of yet and and with the xfinity series not a lot of downforce on these race cars unlike the cup series right now 
So they, they still have a lot of work to do. So they're not glued to the racetrack anyways. And then you lose that grip because of the way that the track is still due to the repave. Hasn't widened out. It, it's a Of the three races remaining for the playoff drivers, this is the one I'd be most worried about in terms of getting involved in someone else's incident. Again, the Xfinity Series deal, Rally Auto Parts 300, 730 on Saturday on NBCSN. Those playoff drivers trying to lock themselves into the championship four. The, we'll now take the time to look at the left turn point standings as it was a bad week for myself. I took Brett Moffitt. He finished 29th in the truck series. And I took Chase Elliott, who finished 36th. On the other hand, Trevor, who was losing his points lead quickly. It was down to about 40 points heading into this week. He finished 6th with Stuart Friesen and 4th with Denny Hamlin. He picked up well over 50 points on me this week and now has a 103-point lead in the overall standings. And with just a few races to go, you look at it, just eight races remaining. I've got a lot of work to do, and it'll start with the Xfinity Series. Trevor, he is taking Cole Custer to win. I am taking Christopher Bell to win at Texas in the Xfinity Series. Kind of can't go wrong with picking one of the big three. It's been this way in the Xfinity Series where, again, the three drivers of Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, and Cole Custer have just dominated this season. You look at some of their stats. Christopher Bell, seven wins on the season, 18 top fives, 19 top tens in 30 races. He's led 1,775 laps so far this season. Cole Custer, seven wins for him as well, 15 top fives, 21 top tens, 903 laps led. Then Tyler Reddick, five wins, 22 top fives, 25 top tens, and he's led 449 laps. Doing the same thing and qualifying as well with these three. Christopher Bell, five pulls. Cole Custer, six pulls. Tyler Reddick, three pulls. Austin Sindrick, he's kind of been the closest this year in some of these stats. Two wins for him all on road courses, four pulls. And then the closest on laps led is Justin Allgaier. He's led 522 laps but hasn't been able to pick up a win. Both Trevor and I have said that's probably going to be your fourth driver. That's the driver that can cause the most problems with the big three just because Allgaier has been consistent this year. He hasn't necessarily gone up and won races. He's had a car that can win races, and he's sitting there at 15 top fives and 22 top tens. But again, Trevor, he's taking Cole Custer. I'm taking Christopher Bell. I've got some points to make up as Trevor is is working his way to a left turn points championship. I just hope he's here to celebrate it when it when it happens because 103 points is a lot. The Cup Series, they are also at Texas this week as they will run the AAA Texas 500 on Sunday at 2 o'clock on NBCSN. And, and again, the, the track's still a concern. It, it helps a little bit that these cars do have more downforce so they maybe can get the track widened out a little bit. It will also be interesting to see how the racing changes between the two different series for the, the night race with the Xfinity Series, the day race with the Cup Series. See how all that works out and how everything 
kind of goes with, with that. Will the track widen out a little bit more on Sunday because there's less grip in the racetrack because it, it is a day race, sun's out a little bit more? Can they get up there a little bit more? We've seen with night racing, sometimes it, it gets glued to the bottom. Other times it, it doesn't know. As we've seen with, with some racetracks, it's also racetrack dependent. And that, that's one of the hard things to predict per se when you're talking about racetracks is some racetracks do different things based on weather conditions and it's a hard thing to predict but generally you'll have tendencies and that's where big notebooks are good when a a track's still kind of new to a repave the track's still working itself in you're still kind of guessing say you go to a track like atlanta your your notebook is so big you can pretty much guess what the track will give you based on weather conditions and you can go from there but going back to to something we we played last week uh, after kansas with kurt bush is everything's gotten so advanced with with simulations and all of the stuff they can kind of plug in the racetrack plug in the weather conditions and then get a really good baseline that they're not guessing all that much with the weather and with, with a track like Texas, I think just as much as it was a, a an issue at Kansas, it's not much of an issue. It's not as big of an issue as Martinsville because the speeds aren't as high. But at Texas, at Kansas, the weather does play a role. And based on what those weather conditions get, I think we'll see a different race. If it's cooler, the sun is hidden. If it's a little bit cloudy, I think it'll be tougher for the track to widen out just because it'll have more grip and then everyone's at the bottom. If the bottom itself doesn't have all that much grip, and then the whole racetrack doesn't have grip. That's where I think we can widen out. I, I Just for the sake of, of Texas, for the sake of this weekend, I hope the track widens it out more than we've seen in the past from this new Texas Motor Speedway. Again, the AAA Texas 500 will be November 3rd at 2 p.m. When you look at in left-turn picks, Trevor, he's going to take Martin Trix Jr. to win two in a row and keep one of those other seven drivers from locking themselves into the championship for i'm gonna go denny hamlin he's been one of those drivers that we're looking at as being a championship favorite and one at kansas had a what everyone thought was the best car at martinsville i think everyone kind of had no idea martin Truex jr was that good because even in post-race interviews going back to martinsville Every driver just said, yeah, I think I, I could have finished second today. I don't think anyone was going to touch the 19. Heard heard something along the lines of that multiple times. But I think at Texas, Denny Hamlin, he picks up. I, I'm picking him to, to pick up the win and lock himself in the championship four. But again, one spot in that championship four, Martin Truex Jr., seven other drivers still have an opportunity. At least one will be in on points if Martin Truex does win again that steals a spot so then at least two get in on points before we head to phoenix we're gonna take a quick break the final one of the show today when we get back we're gonna talk about the season joe gibbs racing has had and just how dominant that team has been as a whole this is the left turn on x106 welcome back to the left turn here on x106 jacob blair with you for the final part of the show again trevor mater not able to be with us here today as we begin to to finalize and wrap up the nascar season just three weekends remain to crown three champions in the truck series xfinity series and cup series cup series still two races left in the round of eight here at texas this weekend 
and then Phoenix next weekend. The trucks are off. They will be at Phoenix for their final race in the round of six, and then the Xfinity Series, they will have their final two races in the round of eight at Texas and Phoenix before all three series will crown their champions at Homestead three weeks from now. And one thing that, that this year, and I, I mentioned this before the break, but Joe Gibbs Racing has been dominant this season. They ha- have been tough to handle. It's just been a, a year where all four drivers ha- have gotten to, to be part of the, the domination. Eric Jones picking up a win, but Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., the, the three of them have accounted for up to this point, 17 wins this season for Joe Gibbs Racing. 17 in one season for one team. They're one win away from half of the races this season being won by one organization. Martin Truex Jr., he's got seven on the season. Denny Hamlin with five. Kyle Busch with four. And then Eric Jones has one win this season. You look at everyone else. Joey Logano with two. Ryan Blaney with one, Brad Keselowski with three. So Penske, they have six. Kevin Harvick, he has three wins this season. You look at the rest of the Stuart Haas organization, no one able to pick up a win. Look at the rest of the winners this season. Kyle Larson finally got one for himself, so that's one for for Chip Ganassi. Chase Elliott, he has three. That's the only three for Hendrick Motorsport. Alex Alex Bowman has one, so you have four there for Hendrick Motorsports and then Kurt Busch he also has a win as well so that makes two for Ganassi but you you look at the numbers and four for Hendrick six for Penske 17 for Joe Gibbs racing with three races remaining both Trevor and I going ahead and picking a Joe Gibbs racing driver to win again at Texas both of us picking one to win the championship I think two of the last three races they're probably going to win, whether it's Kyle, Denny, or Martin. One of them is probably going to win at Homestead, and then Phoenix or Texas, one of them will probably win. I think they get to 18. I think they get one over that. I think they'll end at 19. But an opportunity still with, with the way they've been dominating this year but between this this group where it's just they, they've gone through even stretches this year where it's just been – Joe Gibbs Racing. You don't go more than two or three races without a Joe Gibbs Racing driver winning. Hamlin again got the Daytona 500. Then you go two Penske wins with Keselowski and Nagano. And then Kyle Busch, Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski again. Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex. Chase Elliott gets gets one in there. And it's Truex, Keselowski, Truex, Busch, Logano, Truex again. And, and you just don't have very many races without one of those Joe Gibbs racing drivers getting a win. But just that, that number of 17, 33 races into the season, and having an opportunity to get to 18, win half of the season's races with, with one organization. That's not done very often. You don't see that much domination very often. You see teams dominate, pick up 12 or 13 wins as a team. You see drivers dominate, pick up 7, 8, or on their own but to see a whole organization get together and put up 17 wins is extremely impressive. And it just shows to see where that, that team is at and how dominant they have been and, and 
why I, I don't think any of those drivers are leaving anytime soon. They're still winning races. You, you've got championships in that organization. You, you look at they're probably going to have three drivers in the championship four. And we're saying probably, but right now in going into the championship four, I had Hamlin, Truex, Bush, and then Elliott, my championship four. That's three drivers from Joe Gibbs Racing all in the championship four. So a dominant season from Joe Gibbs Racing as we head to the final three races of the season. Again, this weekend at Texas, the O'Reilly Auto Parts 300 for the Xfinity Series will be a night race at 730 on NBCSN on Saturday, the Cup Series. They have the AAA Texas 500 on Sunday, 2 o'clock start on NBCSN. So plenty of racing, plenty of playoff drama still left with just three weekends remaining in the season. Unfortunately, that is it for us here on the left turn. Every Monday, 3 to 4, we'll wrap up and talk about what happened at Texas Preview Phoenix next week. Hopefully Trevor's back as he he has some other stuff he has to do a a lot of the time. But hopefully he's here. He will be here for the championship special, the second annual championship special coming up here in a couple of weeks. But again, the left turn on X106. That'll do it for us here today. For Jacob Blair, thank you for joining us. Stick around for Rewind and Rock with Jim Ferris coming up next on X106.